Good morning. You're very, very welcome to our service here at Living Hope Belfast this morning. Church's Vision Sunday, and we're very, very excited about the word today and what we're going to hear from our pastor. But before we come to it, we're going to stand and we're going to worship together. So let's stand to our feet.
Life was the cost we stood near the dead we could Praise the Lord. Praise the Church, you may take your seats before as we come before the Lord's table this morning. see so many out this morning in this special day you know this morning out of we thought just uh, yesterday and it was on desires you know desires we all have desires in our hearts and I know when we look around this morning I know one desire this morning is that you come to church. You know, but desire means to wish for or to long for. And we can have good desires and we can have bad desires. And this morning, just a wee verse that, uh, that brought this thought into my heart was found in Psalm 37, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Our heart's desire. Verse 3, Psalm 30 says, 37 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. This is a desire that should be planted in our hearts this morning, that we trust 
Firstly, trust, friends, in the Lord. And do good. What a lovely desire to have in our hearts this morning. To trust in the Lord. That we verse, verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Again, it says, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You know, I go through life, and you go through life, and there's times that we have many desires. You know, I had a bug for guitars. And every time I was told to stay out of Matchett's guitar shop, because every time you went in, and you've seen new guitars, you got a de another desire for maybe a, another model of a guitar. So I had to stop really going in as often, just going in to browse around. But friends, it's good to have good desires. You know, there's people going about today, here, across the world, turned upside down world with wrong desires. And I trust this morning, as we come around the table this morning, that we have good desires in our hearts. You know, friends, verse 7 in that Psalm 37 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. You know, if you don't get the desires Right away, friends, it says, wait patiently for him. And you know, I've learned sometimes you have to wait to be patient, friends. And you know, I can say today, it's a privilege this morning to stand in a church with Pastor Matt this morning, who has put a desire in his heart for a vision for our church to go forward we need good desires in our hearts and you know just before we come to breaking the bread there's a wee song that I have and uh, I'm just going to do one verse of it and it's about desire when I looked at this yesterday in the scriptures and I have my wee book songs in it and this one says if I could have one desire, listen to the words in it never mind the voice listen to the words if I could have one desire before my life is through even in my darkest night my light would shine for you if I could stop hands of time 
or make a wish come true who I would tell my heart to burn with fire for no one else but you this is my one desire if I could have one desire before my life is through even in my darkest night my light would shine for you if I could stop the hands of time or make a wish come true who I would tell my heart to burn with fire for no one else but you this is my one desire this is my one desire one desire and you know God has made it possible this morning because Jesus desire was that he would die that our sins might be forgiven this morning. Reading from Corinthians 11, and it says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you to show the Lord's death until he come. You find a wee cup on your seat this morning, just peel the first layer. And if you love the Lord this morning, feel free to take the ambulance this morning. Lord, we thank you for this bread that speaks of your body that was broken for us as we take the bread this morning. Lord, remember Lord, what you have done for us. Lord, that our sins are forgiven. They're buried in the deepest sea, Lord. And Lord Jesus, never to be remembered anymore. So Lord, as we take this bread this morning, we give you thanks for what you've done at Calvary. Amen.
Maybe someone would like to give thanks for the cup this morning. Amen. Church, let's stand as we worship together. i 
church this week as I was um, preparing to lead worship with you and listening to this song. God had such a, a clear message for me this week and I know it is probably for many other people too that when you know September can be quite daunting, people are starting back to work and the kids are back to school and there's so much going on and we have to pay for so many things and life can get a bit hectic and it can get a bit overwhelming at this time of year. And this week, all I kept singing was, I will be still and know that you are God. There is no greater comfort this morning. There is no greater peace this morning. There is no greater certainty this morning that he is God and he is good and he is in control, that he is sovereign over those situations. He knows your heart. He knows your desires as Jackie has shared. He knows the things that are worrying you and are playing on your mind today. But his command to us, like it says in Psalm 46, is to be still and know that he is God. That we know his power, not in sometimes all the loudness and the music and the things that are going on, but in quietness and trust, we will know his power and we will know him. Let's sing that again together, church, and we'll declare that, that we will be still and know that he is in control this morning, to still the worries in our hearts, to still the crazy thoughts in our heads, knowing that he is God this morning.
Thank you, church. You may take your seats this morning. want to be really sensitive to what God's doing this morning. He's doing an amazing work and it's so good to be in church, to, to witness that, to be a part of it. And I know God's moving in so many hearts and we're excited that God's going to continue that as we come to hear the new vision. But before we do, I just want to come and bring a few things that's happening this week, just so you're aware. And if it's your first time at church today, we're really glad to see you. We hope you've been made to feel really welcome. If you have any kids, there's a kid space that goes on in the second room in the left. And if you have any toddlers that you think might want to go out during the service, there's a room, the first room on the left as well. And tonight we'll have a really exciting night. We're really looking forward to this morning. But tonight we have um, Michael Totten's induction as our new elder, which we're all so excited for. I know we've been praying for Michael this week. So after tonight, there's going to be a supper, which everyone is invited to stay for. Tomorrow night, we have Grief Share. And Grief Share exists as a group to give comfort and support to people that are grieving. And if that's you or anyone that you know, um, Lydia Sharrett's the person to see. If you need to know who Lydia is, come see one of us at the end and we can point her out to you. But that's tomorrow night at half seven. On Tuesday night, we've got our prayer meeting. It's at half seven as well. And last week, we saw an amazing 52 people out at the prayer meeting. And God's just doing amazing things at the prayer meeting. You want to come along and just experience it. God's moving in an amazing way. So don't miss that on Tuesday night. There's also tickets for the Maids of Honor Conference um, at the back. You all know about it now. But if you haven't, there'll be someone on the welcome team that'll be able to point you to that. And finally, all the kids work. All the parents are probably so glad everyone's back to school. So that kind of means all the kids work started back here at Live and Hope. And if you don't know what we do, on a Monday morning we have toddlers. Um, so that's anyone baby to nursery um, at 10 to, from 10 till 12. On a Wednesday night, we've got Ed and Glenn McCauley's your guide to see about that. On a Thursday night, we've got Kids Church, P1 to P7. And then on a Thursday night, we've got Youth as well. So um, if you need any more information, come see me. I can point you in the right direction because we love your kids and your young people to be involved in what we're doing. So yes, if you need any more information, social media will have all this on it and the added glances at the back. But now I'm going to ask Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt's going to come and he's going to bring us the new vision. Thanks, Pastor Matt. Good morning. Thank you for being here on this very special Sunday. The Spirit of God is moving in this place through our worship, um, through the word that Jackie uh, gave in tongues. What happens sometimes is as the Holy Spirit moves, uh, Jackie has the gifting of 
uh, speaking in tongues and then interpreting that message for somebody in the church and that's what's happened uh, this morning so if that's for you this morning listen please go over and encourage Jackie to, because God placed a word upon his heart to share with the church and, and that's really all that's happened this morning the spirit of God moves in this place because this is uh, this is vision Sunday and um, and we're excited about what God is going to do in our church over the next three years we would all agree that the last three years have been a little bit strange when we stood here in 2019 and presented the last vision uh, it was called build and then COVID struck and then we continued as a church to work our way uh, through COVID to do whatever needed to be done to keep the church going so should that be double services triple services online services car park church services any services you can imagine we were prepared uh, to do that and God has been faithful and honorable uh, to us as his people because we were obedient to simply not come up with any excuses as to why we couldn't do something but kept going to do what God had called us to do and it wasn't just one person or a team of people it was the church for which we are thankful for uh, today and uh, we present the vision every three years in September and uh, and so this is the vision of the church for the next three years 2022 uh, to 2025 uh, September the 4th is always a very special day for me uh, because on September the 4th 2001 which seems like years ago when I was a young man that was my first day working for the church as the church full-time worker so it is a joy and a pleasure to stand before you here having worked my way down from the church worker to so I worked my way up from <laughs> the church worker to be the pastor of the church 21 years later um, this is not my vision uh, this is what I believe God placed on my heart uh, I presented it to the elders back in May and gave them the opportunity for their input and to confirm that this is the direction that the church it, it would like to go that God is leading us these next three years and we confirmed that at the last meeting in August so this is I am presenting this on behalf of the oversight uh, this is not a one-man ministry in this church or one man does everything this is on behalf of the oversight this morning who are in agreement uh, with everything that I am going to say and present to you uh, but before we get into the vision obviously some thank yous that I would like to give the first one uh, is to the oversight uh, we have a tremendous oversight here it works together in unity we have the same goals, the same vision, the same mission to see the Lord Jesus exalted in this place, to see people's lives saved. And I'm thankful for all the gentlemen that we have on the oversight. We have a special service tonight to welcome our latest member of the oversight, Michael Totten, which we're looking forward to. I'm so thankful for the elders uh, in this church and the support and the encouragement and the help that they give to do everything we need to do to the wonderful staff team that are here um, Reese and Rebecca are not here this morning because Rebecca is in hospital 
because obviously now is the time for the baby to come. And so we're hoping today is going to be the day that baby Johnston appears. So I said to Reese, if she comes before six o'clock, get to church tonight. <laughs> but they are there now, so we're looking forward to hearing the news later. Reese has asked if everybody wouldn't text him to find out the latest news, because his words were, I've got a big family to tell beforehand, like, so we'll do that. Once we know, we will let everybody else know and stuff. So thankful to the staff team of Reese, uh, Rebecca Hughes. Uh, young Ben at the back and Paula, uh, simply just a wonderful, wonderful staff team who make my job easier the one day a week that I work. Uh, so <laughs> they are wonderful, wonderful people who work hard uh, and serve the Lord. They're, you do not have to motivate these people. They are in ministry to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. That just makes everything we do so much easier, whether it's the kids, the young people, or, or serving people by moving furniture, whatever it is they do, they are a joy, and so I appreciate all of them. Uh, finally, uh, sorry, not finally, th then to the church. Thank you to the church for adopting me as one of your own, whether you wanted me or not. Um, I am a stranger in a foreign land, and I've been here for 24 years now, and I still speak like somebody from Birmingham. So thank you to the church uh, for your constant support, encouragement, help that we are going on a journey together. And I so appreciate everybody, their encouragement, their love, their support to us as a family. And finally to my family, uh, because you cannot do ministry for the 24 years that I've been in ministry without the wonderful support of an amazing wife who stands by you and encourages you and criticizes you and loves you <laughs> and is the only one who's not afraid to tell you when you're wrong and stuff and so I so appreciate my family uh, sitting down the front here and stuff and my joy is always to see my kids involved in everything uh, that they do that we do in church because I learned a lesson a long time ago as the youth pastor you could win everybody else's kids but lose your own kids and it's so important for me to see my kids including Lucas, I suppose, up here on the drums, <laughs> up here on the drums playing and everything and stuff. So thank you. But we come to the vision today. And this is the vision of Living Hope Belfast. We have called it the invitation. And it's simply, we want to make it about, most importantly, Jesus. And the tagline that we have, that make it easy for you to remember, because, you know, it's important that we remember why we're doing what we're doing. And for us and everybody else that comes into the church, it's behind me. It's simply to come to him and go for him. Because any vision worth its salt always has to be about Jesus. It always has to be. It's why the church exists. We're, we're not a social project. Uh, we're not a friendship group, though it's good to have friends. It says we are a church, and the church has a mission. And the mission is to reach the world, the community that we are in. And so we need a vision as a church because it gives us a direction of where we are going. It empowers those who want to come with us, those people who simply say, I believe in what God is doing, I want to be a part of this. So it empowers them 
to, to get involved. So whether you're involved in the kids' work or the youth work, whether you're involved with the lunch club, whether you're involved with the men's, the ladies, the life groups, the worship, I could go on with the amount of stuff going on in the church. It empowers them because it gives them the direction where they're supposed to go. It helps us to say yes or no to the opportunities presented to us so we don't get involved with everything, but we get involved with what we believe God has called us to do. Our mission is different from our vision. Our mission is that which Jesus gives to his disciples in Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore, God make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's our mission. That's what we are to do as a church. We are to reach out to people. And when we, they come to church, we are to teach them. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples. There. So that's our mission. But our vision of a church is how we fulfill that mission that we have been given. Now, this is the third time I have presented the vision uh, to the church. And so it's important for us to understand this for those people that, are, for those people that have been were there the last time and the time before that. A vision does not have a finishing line, a completion date. There is a crossover between what has been and what is going to be. The vision simply refreshes, re-energizes and refocuses us on what we have been called to do. The last couple of weeks I've deliberately preached a couple of messages of making sure we're not settled where we are that God has so much more for us to do as a church and it's time for us to move on and continue on with the vision that he has given us to complete the mission that we have. And so this today just simply helps us to refocus again. It re-energizes us. It's a bit like a pep talk, which is, come on, church, we're ready to go. Are you with me? Yeah, four of you, that's brilliant. We'll get to the end. Everybody by the end. It says that's what it does. It just helps us to refocus on what we are here supposed, what we are here supposed to be doing. You see, vision is born when people are so moved by a need that they ask God to turn circumstances into opportunities. And many times over the last 21 years, I have said to people, "This is our mission field. This area, this community here." I have no interest in it. It's not because I don't like flying. I have no interest, in a sense, going elsewhere to do missions work. I have an interest in going out the front door of this church and doing missions work because there is enough need in this community for us to get involved as a church and to make a difference in our church. And where people say, you'll never do anything here, it says, no, we won't do anything here, but God may do something here. And what we're doing is we're giving God the opportunity to use us uh, to reach this community. And so this is, that was the second thing. But then the third thing is this, and this is where you get involved. When people catch the vision, it drives them to contribute their time, their talent, and their treasure. Because it's not just about one man doing everything. It can't be. It can't just be about five people doing something. What happens is today we will present to you the vision in everything we are saying this morning in written form. We are hoping that you will go home and read it after it's preached. Even if you don't like it, read it before you go to bed. It will help you sleep. Uh, because what we want you to do is catch hold of this and say, yes, 
I want to be the person that contributes my time, my talent, and my treasure. And for those who are wondering what treasure is, it's your money, just to clear that up, okay? And that's what we want people to do, because we cannot do it without that. Cannot do what God has called us to do without everybody contributing their time, their talent, and their treasure. And there's a cost to it, because there is always a cost to get involved in what God is doing. There's no such thing as no cost or no sacrifice, a cost to get involved. And so God laid upon my heart earlier this year uh, the word invitation. And as I prayed and sought God, I began to see the vision that God was giving to our church. Uh, An invitation uh, means this, uh, to invite someone means to present a request to people to go somewhere and do something to be part of something that is happening. So what we decided to do is we will call this the invitation. Everybody loves to get an invitation to something, don't they? If somebody's getting married, you know, you like to get the invitation through. You know you're getting a free dinner, those sort of things. So, sorry, and you know you're seeing a wonderful couple get married and you're getting a free dinner. And so everybody loves to get an invitation. Four years ago, I went to Buckingham Palace. Now, I don't like to go on about this. Um, <laughs> Because I thought to myself, I thought I could mention this, but I thought there's quite a lot of new people in the church, so I thought, <laughs> if you've heard this story before, I apologise, but I don't mean it. I went to Buckingham Palace. Uh, we got invited to the, because of the charity work that we were doing here at Living Hope by uh, a trust called Garfield Western. Uh, 60 years and they'd given away millions of pounds and they'd, all we'd really done is help them spend their money but that doesn't matter you know so but we got invited to Buckingham Palace to meet Prince Charles <laughs> the loyalist heartland of the UK I'll say that in Prince Charles the son of the Queen oh, that's better like okay so just that's better now that's it it's, uh, uh, and should go and when we got the invitation through, it was a big fancy invite. And it was like gold around the edges and stuff, you know. Wouldn't, didn't get it from Cardland or anything like that. So, and they sent this invitation through with the instructions of what you were to do, uh, you know, upon the invitation, how you were supposed to RSVP it and how you were supposed to behave when you were at Buckingham Palace and, and, you know, the sort of how you, the refreshments and where you're supposed to walk and what you did if Prince Charles came over, you're supposed to bow and, or, or curtsy or whatever. <laughs> uh, and so they gave you these instructions. It made me think about this invitation. The invitation is always something that is there to a special event. But what I realised at this is it requires a response as well. It wasn't enough for me just to say, oh, lovely, I got an invitation. It says they wanted to know whether I was coming or not. They wanted to know who I was bringing with me. Obviously, I would have brought Athena with me. But, you know, and so they wanted to know. And so we required a response. And the heart of the vision here of the church is, is simply this. That in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gives four invitations out that form the direction of our vision as a church for the next three years. There was a time in church, whether we like it or not, whether people felt uncomfortable inviting their unsaved family and friends to come to church because they felt that sometimes church was not 
we don't like to use the word comfortable, but we'll use the word comfortable, that they, they thought it was cringy bringing people to church. So nobody wanted to invite people to church. We went on a journey in this church to make sure that if you invited somebody to church, any service, that it was comfortable enough for them to come to church, to be welcomed into church, to to get to know the people in church, to hear a message that was relevant to their lives that didn't go on too long. And so we did that to make that invitation comfortable for them. Some people may disagree and say, it doesn't matter, get them in, make them uncomfortable. Yeah, we, the message should make them feel uncomfortable. We, we totally accept that. But the atmosphere and the environment of church should make them feel comfortable because you don't know what their lives are like on the outside there. And so those people who are feeling abandoned and hopeless and in despair, we want them to come into church and not feel that way. And so therefore we want them to hear a message that will potentially change their lives. And so that's what we've done with church. So you can invite people along to church. And lots of you have invited people along to church, whether it be in the last few years because of COVID, whether it be because there's a special event on, you like to invite people along to church because you know it's welcoming, it's warm. You know, there are other things that go for the invitation. Jesus is the great inviter. He finds people, he looks for people, he seeks people, he does not see them as they are, he sees them as they can be, who they can become. That's what we do as a church. We're inviting people to come to church and they may be hopeless and we're saying, here's a little bit of hope. He's found in the name of Jesus. He's the one that gives the invitation. Those in despair, let's take their despair away. Those discouraged, let's give them some encouragement. And so Jesus is the great example. And in all four invitations we're going to briefly look at here, is Jesus giving the invite and the message that I get that is part of the vision of the church is we are the church of invitation now for the next three years. We are inviting people primarily into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, we're inviting them into this environment that is church. We're inviting them to something that can change their lives and make a difference in their lives because it's made a difference in yours and it's made a difference in mine. Jesus gives four invitations. The first one is this. He gives the invitation to come. In Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus directs this invitation to those who are weary and burdened. We don't have to go very far to find people who are weary and burdened with the circumstances of life. Yet Jesus gives this invitation and says, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. So that's the first invitation we're giving out to people because there are people that have addictions, anxiety, depression, they grieve, they feel helpless and hopeless, they have baggage, things that have happened to them, not always by them, and the journey of life has left them burdened and weary. And Jesus gives an invitation for these people to come to him and find rest. You see, we do understand this, that God does not promise a life devoid of hardship. We know life can be hard even as a believer. We're not taking that away. We are not telling people to come to Jesus and life will be easy because it's far from that as lots of people know. But we are taking the promise of God as the first invitation which is come to me all you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. 
We want people to rest from the burdens that they are carrying through life. That's the first invitation. The invitation to come, to come to Jesus. The second invitation we are giving people is this, is the invitation to follow. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Jesus was always inviting people, always seeking out people, inviting them to step out of the life that they lived into a new life. Matthew was a tax collector, was the most hated profession that there was at that time. Everybody hated him. Jesus comes along one day, changes his life in an instant when he simply says, follow me. What a great invitation, a simple invitation. It's a second invitation we have for those First, it's for the weary and burdened. But for the second, it's for those who want to follow Jesus. And so we're presenting that invitation as well. And Jesus was always looking for the people that nobody else wanted to invite. His disciples were fishermen, tax collectors. His encounters were with the poor, with the sick, with the hungry, with the lost. That's the sort of people we want to be inviting to church We want to be inviting people to church that you're afraid to put your handbags down under your seat because you don't know whether they'll be there at the end of the service. Those are the people we want to invite so Jesus can change their lives. And because he's the example of the people that he brought to him and changed him. So the second thing is we want to present an invitation for people to follow Jesus. You know, I still believe the gospel changes people's lives. I still believe Jesus Christ has the power to set the addict free, to lead people out of darkness into light. I still believe that. If I don't believe that, I might as well pack up today on my 21st anniversary and just go home and see if there's any of those Christian cruise ships who are looking for speakers. (laughs) But I'm not... I'm here because I still believe Jesus Christ changes people's lives. And you know what the wonderful thing is? In three years' time, we will present another vision to you. And there will be people sitting in this church that aren't even saved yet. Because we said we're taking this on. We're getting invested. We're investing in this vision of living hope Belfast, of inviting people to come to Jesus, inviting people to follow Jesus. You know, in both stories when we see, sorry, in, 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 in Matthew 4, when Jesus calls Peter and Andrew, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And in both stories, we see that the response to the invitation was instant. Matthew got up. Simon, Peter and Andrew immediately left their nets. Why? Because the invitation both times is full of both promise and purpose. Every time Jesus is involved in somebody's life, it's about the promise and the purpose. And he does that here with them. He says he gives them the promise and the purpose of their lives. Forget the fishing. Come and fish for men. You might be sitting there, I don't know how I can get involved in this. Listen, you can get involved in this. Jesus takes the people that are available that simply says, here am I, I will follow, I will come, I will be the one that responds to the invitation. You see, the the next thing we see is Jesus presents the invitation to care. 
Matthew 25, verse 35 and 36, it says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. We have a duty to care. We really believe that we are the church that cares, so we help people out. Our priority is to see people want for Christ. But a part of that is helping people in need. Helping people who may never come to our church. Helping people who may never respond to anything they're doing. And we are not replacing the greatest need that mankind has, which is knowing Jesus Christ as their saviour. We are not replacing it with a Christian social response in a sense, if we, if we help people, they realise that maybe they get saved. No, no, we've got to preach the gospel, but we help people as well. And we've got to help people. It's clear that Jesus gives the invitation to care. So for us as a church, as we have been doing, and we will continue to do, we help people in need. The baby bank is nearly a year old. The food bank sends out food parcels every week. Ben and Reese are out in the van delivering furniture to help people in need. It's just some of the things that we are doing as a church. It says because we have the invitation to care. I never wanted to be the sort of Christian that says, you know what, I've got saved, I've got my ticket to heaven, I could just sit back now and just do the religious stuff. You know, come to church and pray, read my Bible, do all of that. I said, I wanted to respond as lots of you have to actually Jesus' challenge. Go and do something with what you believe. Go and help people. We can't help everybody, but we can help somebody. There will always be somebody that needs our help. And we're always able to do it. We're always able to help. God always provides for our needs. That song that we sung this morning, it says, and all the years we've done this, God has always provided everything that we needed to do what we do. And it's such an amazing testimony, not to what we do, but to God's faithfulness, that we will continue to care, God continues to provide. And then finally, we come to the fourth invitation, which is Matthew 28, verse 19. It simply says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Making disciples reminds us that disciples are made. You know, there's often this teaching that comes up with spontaneous disciples are spontaneously created at conversion, that suddenly people get saved and boop a fully fledged disciple now that does not happen ever it's a process that is worked through by the spirit of God and the word of God in our lives as we follow Jesus as we meet with other Christians as we pray and that's why it says to God make disciples so we're giving the invitation to go so we're going but also going because we have a responsibility to make disciples this making of disciples is the power of spreading Christianity we're not looking for decisions we're looking for disciples we want people to grow and mature in their faith so as we do this bit we come now and we say this bit we are inviting people of all ages from the youngest to the oldest to come and take a seat with the rest of us and go on this journey together to come and find a family and go and bring others into it to come and find a home and go and bring others home to come and find your place to belong go and grow 
to come and find help and then go and help others. Come and find hope and go and give others hope. Come and find your place to serve, then go and serve. Come and find Jesus and go and tell others about him. And he said it's so important for us in a sense that this is what we are about as the invitation. To come to him and go for him. That's it. Not just to come and say, because I often hear this phrase, people say, the church is like a hospital and that's the way it should be. Yes, it is. But when you, what's the first thing you want to do when you're in hospital is get out of hospital. Think about it. People say church is a hospital. First thing you want to do is get out of hospital. But the second thing you want to do, nobody wants to live in a hospital, do they? Nobody wants to sound comfortable here in the hospital. It's great. He's stabbed with his needles all the time and all the other things that they do. He says, we're to come and we're to go. That's the invitation. That's a vision summed up to come to him and go for him. But how are we going to do that practically? Because there's some things that we want to do. And this final short time that I have, I just want to share some of the practical things that we're going to do. And I've worded it all with the same letter, with, uh, with uh, the letter P. Uh, and so we're coming today and we're looking at some of the stuff that we're going to do practically. It is essentially important that we pray. Rebecca said on Tuesday night there were 52 people in the prayer meeting. The key to God doing what he needs to do in our church is in our prayer life. And I'm challenging you now as the pastor of this church, you must have a reason why you're not at the prayer meeting. You have to have a reason. If you have family, one of you look after the kids. The other one comes, two prayer meetings a month. He says, and I know some people will feel uncomfortable about that, but the job of the pastor is to challenge. Because I believe it's not just about the numbers, but it's about the people of God praying together. And often people are just using excuses not to be at the prayer meeting. And the second observation I have as a prayer meeting, if this makes you feel uncomfortable, is how often times that those people who are having the most difficult times are those people you don't find at the prayer meeting. You need to be at the prayer meeting praying because God has something to say to you. He has something to say to us as a church. It's the foundation, the engine room. It's everything we have and need to be as a church. Starts off with prayer. Not effective programs, not, not amazing worship or brilliant preaching or any of that. Everything starts off with prayer. And we have to sometimes not give me a reason why you're not at the prayer meeting, but give God a reason why you're not at the prayer meeting. Oh, people now are like, uh, so listen, that's a challenge. No point me standing up here and tickling people's ears. There's a prayer meeting on on Tuesday night, half seven. So wouldn't it be great if everybody that was here now was here then? Praying to God, believing that he would answer our requests. So the prayer is the foundation of our church. It goes on in the life groups. It goes on in the different groups that we've done. We're going to be running again the days of prayer, the 21 days of prayer. We're going to be starting a night of prayer in September. We want to do that because prayer is the most important and the most essential thing that we have. We have to pray as a church. And I know people will say, I pray in the house and that's all poor natural personal devotion. The, your attendance at the church prayer meeting is your public devotion, is you being together with God's people 
agreeing together. Amen. And everybody prays for. So that's the first thing, the prayer. The second thing is the people. Everyone has a part to play. Uh, sorry, let me bring this second one. Isn't that? The second one is the preaching. And this is important because our preaching and teaching are well established. We want to give you an opportunity to learn. So whether you come to Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek Bible studies, academy, the life groups, they said, listen, the only thing we can do there is attendance again. We want you to come. We're inviting you. That's a word we're using. We're inviting you to come. So you want to get deeper in the Bible. You know what we're going to do with the Bible studies? And choose now, we to bring your Bible and bring a notebook and bring a pen. Because we've fallen away from this idea that we're just come with our phones maybe. And even I do it, sit there without it. And actually, you know what? God has something to say to us. And in the preaching of the word and the teaching of the word, this is what helps us grow as believers. But you have to attend. You have to actually bottom on seat. Open the Bible and listen to the Bible studies, listening to the teaching that's being given. And so the two things we're looking at to help people is this. The first one is this. We believe God has laid on our heart that we're going to be looking, working our way through the Gospel of Matthew. Because the vision is birthed in Matthew to four invitations that Jesus gives. Uh, and so we're going to be working our way through that because it's important for us to have good, consistent, systematic preaching for the church. I've told you before why we do sermon series. So because what happens is if I've had a bad week and I come to preach, you all get in it. But if I have a good week, it says I'm encouraging you. We don't want to do that. We want to have what God says to us through the word. We want to be systematic and consistent and that in our Bible study so you can go home and feed on something. So we're not just spoon feeding you the scripture. You're actually coming to learn something and taking it away yourself. As part of our discipleship, we have seen quite a few people saved, which is amazing. But we realize one of the things that we need to restart because we did this is our next steps program which is helping people when they first get saved. What are the basics of Christianity? And I'm delighted that Stephen Osborne has taken this on, and he's going to be looking after everybody. That, that Once they, they make that decision, we're saying, go and see Stevie. And it says, Stevie will take them through that program, that process, that just simply says, here we go, this is what helps you as a Christian. The other thing to help our preaching, because somebody else told me this, is that as a church, we want to organize a trip to Israel uh, before 2025. We would like to take, I say, no, we don't want to take the church to Israel because that would cost us a fortune. <laughs> we would like to give the opportunity for those who would like to, to go to Israel on a Bible tour. Now, listen, we know lots of people are interested. Please don't give me your name at the door. We're just planting the seeds at the moment, okay? We would like to do this before 2025. Apparently, Preachers who go to Israel, it actually improves their preaching. So apparently there's an offering being lifted for me to go to Israel. <laughs> We've done the preaching. I know my time is near, but I want to finish this. The programs. Many people come to our church with baggage picked up on the journey of life. We have seen in recent years how effective programs like Keys to Freedom are and Grief Share. And what we want to do is introduce two new programs for people to be part of. We don't, we don't want to give people labels in this church, but we do want to help them. The first course we want to do is divorce care. 
is you just want to help people. You want to take all the labels away. This is a church. What baggage is your baggage? It's not my baggage. But what we do realise is this is people do come in with baggage and the different things that people come in with, we want to help them. And so two things we're looking at, the same ministry that runs a grief share, runs divorce care and single parenting. We want to be the church that helps people. We want to be the church that, uh, for example, those people that are dealing with grief at the moment, we are able to point them to something that helps in their lives, it helps in their walk with God. We want to do that with other things as well. We're growing and developing and life groups in church uh, next February um, we have invited heaven's gates and hell's flames to come back to the church because six years since they've been we simply want to do something that gives you the opportunity to invite people to come along to hear the gospel message and it, as you if you've seen heaven's gates it's extremely effective he says, the last time we did this, we had to put on an extra night. We had to lock the doors of the church to stop people coming in. Who does that in a church? We had to do that last time. He says, we're bringing them back. We need 35 people to be the actors in it as, or actresses. We will be looking for you, okay? You don't have to act. You don't have to be involved. We want you to be involved because we're believing that people will get saved through this. They will get saved through this. And so we're doing that. Again, we move on. The people, we've a few more to do. The people, everyone has a part to play. Everyone is welcome to attend. But there is an invitation for everyone to get involved. We want you to find your ministry in this church. Ministry is just your place of service. If you have something that you would like to do, please come and talk to us and we will accommodate you because we have believed that ministry is available to everybody to get involved. The, the two more things to go is, is the premises. We are 15 years here in this building in November. We opened Living Hope in November 2007. As the church grows numerically and we become fuller and limited in the seats we can put out, we have to begin to think about what we're going to do next. We are faced with three options. We don't have the answer for you today, but we're just presenting the options to you. The first one is, do we physically build, knock a couple of walls down and extend our present church so people can come to church? Do we divide and go back to double services? And everybody I've suggested that to has just said no, so, but it's there, the option. Or the third thing is, do we plant another Living Hope Church in an area of need? Do we church plant? And so we are presented with those three options that we as an oversight are praying about. And as time moves on, we will then share that with you uh, because we want to be able to invite more people to come to church. Big church makes people feel comfortable. You get lost sometimes when church is big. We want to be a church that we love what God has done here. Can we transport that to somewhere else and do it somewhere else? So those are the challenges that we have. Final thing is this, is the partnership. And this is just us being involved in the Assemblies of God, the CCI, and we're committed to this. This is the final thing, and then I'm finished. The purpose. This sits on a poster out there, and this is the heart of the vision that we have. We want to glorify God in all we say and do. We want to preach the word in season and out. We want to pray continually. We want the lost to be found. We want those searching to find answers. 
We want the hurting to be healed. We want the unlovable to be loved. We want the hungry to be fed. We want the abandoned to find a family. We want the lonely to find a home. We want the hopeless to find hope. We want those who want to quit to keep going. And we want everyone to serve. We extend an invitation to you. And the way we have done this, if I can find mine, you have an invitation on your seat. And you may now open it if you haven't opened it already. Some of you have opened it already, thinking the church was giving you a gift voucher or something. <laughs> As you open it, this is your invitation. This is your invitation to become part of what we're doing here, Living Hope. On the back of it is one of the phrases that we read, to go, uh, sorry, to come, and then to go. This is your invitation. Can I ask you not to do this? If you don't want it, take it home with you and get rid of it. Please don't leave it in the church. Because that, what that says to us is it's discarded on the floor. It says, it says it doesn't matter to you. If you are going to throw it away somewhere, throw it away in the house. But listen, if you want to be a part of this, this is the invitation you take, you put in your Bible, you pin to your wall, you pin to your fridge, because this is you saying, I want to be part of what God is doing these next three years in Living Hope. We extend an invitation for all to be part of this journey for the next three years as we continue to live out the calling and fulfill the vision that God has given us. This is our invite to you. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today. Father, as you've laid upon our heart, Lord, the vision for this church, the invitation to come, to follow, to care, to go. Father, we as a church respond to it by saying, God, we, we, we don't want to do something and you be part of it. God, we want you to do something and, and we want to be part of that. So God, we as a church will not settle for what we have. We believe we're ready to go again. We believe we're ready to go and invite people, not to church, but to know Jesus. Because Jesus is still in the business of changing people's lives. But Father, we accept that invitation today that we have. And we simply say thank you. Father, be with us over these next three years. There may be some in here that, that may not be here in three years' time. There may be new people that come along in these next three years. But the heart of our church here, Lord, is to respond to the invitation that you have presented to us to do what you have called us to do as a church. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Church, let's stand and worship together.
for this time spent in your presence today. We thank you for this vision and this message that our pastor has presented to come in and to go out and serve you. So God, we thank you for this. I pray that this would stay with us, that we would keep these invitations. We would be mindful of, our, of the purpose that you have given us as your church and as your people. That God, well, we would be equipped. We would not just stay in our seats in church, but we would be equipped to do what you have called us to do as a people and as a church. So we thank you for this new vision and this new message today. Father God, we pray you would bring us back again safely this evening in the name of your precious Son, Jesus.